welcome Hoosier fans to this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio, where each week we discuss the most important topics in the world of Indiana basketball. This is our 222nd edition of Assembly Call Radio and our 722nd episode overall of the Assembly Call, recorded on the evening of August 12th, 2021. I'm your host, Andy Bottoms. And let's begin this edition of the Assembly Call how we begin every edition of the Assembly Call, and that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. Well, this week's banner moment is relatively easy, although we don't have a game to talk about yet. We can actually say there is IU basketball being played tomorrow as we record this. So I don't know that it gets to be a better uh, banner moment than that as the team has arrived in the Bahamas for their uh, for their two game uh, their two games here on Friday and Sunday, I believe. So uh, we actually will have a, a live report from uh, the Bahamas here with uh, Chad Schwarzkopf here in just a second. But, uh, you know, exciting to see the guys out there. The uh, The social media team at IU has done a good job of putting some things out. They uh, had an interaction with Dolphins today, although I think my favorite was the Scoop Baits conf- trying to confirm with the person working there that uh, they were considered, I believe he said, golden retrievers of the sea. Uh, and once that was confirmed for him, he was pretty excited about it. So uh, I it was, I thought that was good, but the guys seem like they're having a good time. I know Chad said he saw he's seen a couple of them uh, around before we came. So just a great experience for these guys, both from a, a personal perspective to be able to take that trip and to have some team building, but also from a basketball perspective for the program under Mike Woodson to be able to get these games in, get the extra practices in that go along with those, uh, and hopefully serve as uh, you know something that can pay dividends later in the season, regardless of the actual outcome uh, of these couple games. But just, again, really to be able to, to jumpstart things a bit. And so exciting times. We'll certainly hear more uh, over the next couple of days, even though we won't be able to watch full full tapes of the games, but certainly there'll be folks uh, reporting on them and, uh, and our own Chad Schwarzkopf, as I said, uh, will be there as well. So should be able to get a lot of different perspectives and and how guys are looking. So uh, really exciting time. And uh, that is was pretty easily this week's banner moment. So uh, in, just in case anything gets cut off, I'm going to throw it to Chad first, who uh, was showing Coach and I uh, uh, some some video of uh, Trey Galley getting a few shots up here as we were uh, before we went on the air. And so, Chad, uh, Coach and I are both jealous of you for a variety of reasons. Uh, but uh, how are things in the Bahamas and uh, and, and how's your trip so far? Things are great here. And, and, and Andy, did you ever think when you three started this show that you would have live international correspondence in the middle of the show? Look at that. How, how far no. Assembly Call has come. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, right now you can see behind me, I'm actually outside the venue of where the game's going to be played. Like I said, Trey was shooting around. I'm going to let you guys peek in and see if he is still shooting around. He may not be, may not be. Uh, you're looking live inside historical ball, uh, basketball venue Imperial Ballroom E, everyone, for those of you who are on the video. So. Yeah, so there's Trey's obviously stayed stayed after a little bit um, to get a little few shots up and everything. But no, it's it's great to be down here. It's great to see all the fans here, all the support that's here to cheer them on. Obviously, this past year, uh, IU hasn't had that, had the fans and everything around. So even the small numbers that we'll have here are going to feel great to them. It's really exciting to see see them running around as as Andy teased. Um, and we were walking through the casino, and I saw several of the guys there uh, playing some casino games. And uh, I, I won't say any names because I don't want to put them on blast, but um, 
poker is definitely not, or excuse me, blackjack is definitely not their game. Uh, I think we need to help them out and get a few NIL deals. That'll be the better way to make money for these guys. But uh, yeah, it's great to see him in person, see him uh, out there having fun, having a good time. Uh, the other thing that always reminds me of, uh, I will, I will say this name just because he wasn't playing uh, gambling at all, but uh, Rob Fennessy was there. I, I kind of gave him a fist bump and said how much we appreciate him and everything like that. And it always shocks me when you see players that when you watch them all the time, and especially like me and I, and, and Andy and those that don't get to go in person as much as we would like to, uh, you forget how big these kids actually are. <laughs> Rob seems so much smaller when you see him there on the court, but then when I get to see him in person and look up to him, I'm actually looking up to him. But um, it, it is great to be down here and see everything. And um, like I said, I'm standing right outside the venue now. So that's awesome. So that means internet is good. So I'll try to sneak out during halftime and maybe come on and do something. So look for that. But um, yeah, it's an exciting time. IU basketball is back within 24 hours from now. And uh, that's, that's a way to be celebrated. So uh, let's go Hoosiers. Absolutely. Well, Chad, we appreciate it. I think you're going to stick with us here a little bit if you can, as long as your uh, connection holds up. So uh, we'll uh, we'll come back to you here in a minute for, again, international, new international correspondent. So, uh, all right. Well, also with me to my left. He remembers the days when a movie cost a dollar. Heaven help you if you ever decide to pop your collar. Play hard, but remember fake hustle is a crime. Coach, what's the report from slightly less tropical Northwest Indiana? Well, it's hot, <laughs> and it is it is really hot out there. But uh, no, excited about uh, in Indiana basketball. Um, you know, my, my take tonight is uh, you know watching this uh, Field of Dreams game. I, I was able to be on that movie site with my dad before he passed away and play catch. I've been with my kids twice. And, um, you know, blessings. We're, we are going to be blessed with Indiana basketball tomorrow in midsummer. We're blessed with an, a, a new regime and uh, trying to focus on what's good uh, instead of all the grievances that we have in, in society right now. Uh, the blessings to be there. You know, Chad's with his dad on a trip uh, to the Bahamas to, to watch the first game under Coach Woods. And that, that's got to be a blessing for Chad and his father, who I have met uh, before as well. And I, I just encourage fans, you know, we get to be fans. Uh, we don't have to be fans. We get to be fans. And we got a, a second-rate soccer team uh, at Indiana University. Um, volleyball team's on the rise. Football team's ranked 17th. And, and so I encourage all of us to, uh, while we can point out the things that bother us, there, there's a lot of blessings that come with being an Indiana Hoosier fan and in this community. And it's just a time to to be excited and, and look for those reports uh, tomorrow night and Sunday and and start this uh, Woodson-led uh, team uh, out, and hopefully it's, uh, you know, uh, some positive things. So I'm looking forward to discussing, uh, you know, some things that were said in, in Coach Woodson's press conference in Section 2. Looking forward to talking a little bit more about expectations. I've given Chad a list of things uh, that I want reported on uh, as a coach, uh, so the pressure's on Chad to make sure he documents some things. I want to know how the ball screen's guarded. I want to know what direction they're forcing the ball, if it's baseline or middle uh and some of the things like that so the pressure's on chad to come out of there uh with a full crouton report on uh, the indiana hoosiers oh yes yeah. so i'm gonna do what i can coach 
<laughs> coach coach outfitted Chad with a notebook uh, with uh, different pages for everything he wants him to chart. So we'll see. Scott, I gave him a 30, 30 page scouting report. It's a it's a it's a scan it's a scantron test from school. <laughs> All right, and uh, Jared is expected to be here in a little bit, although uh, some of the chat have already said he's probably watching the White Sox in the Field of Dreams game, so he won't be here. Uh, we'll see how that plays out and who is uh, who is right in the end of that. But uh, this week we're going to hit a few things. Uh, as always, we'll hit some Hoosier headlines in segment one, uh, specifically around uh, the Bahamas and a couple guys that won't be available. Uh, and then in segment two, we'll, uh, we'll go through some takeaways from Mike Woodson's meeting with the IU Media and uh, some thoughts on the Bahamas trip. And then, of course, we'll answer your questions, as we always do. All of that coming up this week on assembly call radio so as we get into our hoosier headlines uh, you know the big one is is obviously that the hoosiers have arrived in the bahamas and news came out today that logan duncombe and michael durr both will not play in the games uh nothing else was really uh disclosed about the injuries or illnesses or whatever is keeping them out of play so uh you know that that is a couple guys that new guys that we won't be able to see uh as we go through that uh and, and we did get a question that probably worth uh you know worth hitting this now you know uh chad i'll throw it to you first but you know what what do you think you think there's any long-term impact on the hoosiers or, or maybe more importantly as you're getting ready for the games you know what? Who do you think maybe benefits from a little bit of extra playing time in a situation where you're probably going to see a lot of guys play, now have two less? Who who maybe benefits from those guys not being able to suit up? Uh, number one is the guy that I'm cheering for to have again a, a breakout season and and be kind of a sleeper, uh, a shocking uh, a breakout season is Jordan Geronimo. Um, obviously, losing losing uh, those two big guys. Who's our next biggest guy that we have on our team is Jordan. And we saw some great things from him last year in that four position. And even more so with a freer Christian Lander uh, on, on the squad uh, this year. And with a coach that's going to emphasize more of the pick and roll type of stuff, we saw a lot of good uh, highlights from last year of Jordan and, and Lander doing that together. So uh, I hope to see Jordan get a little bit more playtime in these first couple games from from whatever this is. And just from my side down here, I, I have seen Durr. I have not seen uh, Duncombe, but at least in the videos and then and then what I've seen with Durr, I, I don't see any apparatuses on them. I don't see any extra tape wrappings or anything like that. So uh, at least in getting around normally as they will uh, throughout the day, there's nothing that looks like it's inhibiting them. So it may not be anything serious, but again, it's all speculation at this point and just from what we know. But again, Jordan Geronimo, I think, is the one that benefits from this. Yeah, Coach, what, what are your thoughts on, again, maybe who the beneficiaries are or how this might affect uh, what, what Woodson does with his rotation in these couple games? Yeah, the the unfortunate thing is they're both one position, right? And, and while you want to play um, these games and win these games and compete, you also uh, want to see your rotation. And so, you know, now uh, race is going to have to play more five like he did yet last year. We all saw the the fatigue and everything that happened last year. So, uh, and, and this uh, mega team, BC Mega, is supposed to be really big in size. So it would have helped to be, be able to run some guys out there um, that could match that size. So it might hurt in the short term. I know the question was long term. The long term is only if they're serious. It hurts in practice. You know, Coach Woodson mentioned that uh, Durr was uh, doing a lot of banging and was really part of the reason that Trace Jackson Davis was improving so much uh, because he's a solid defender in there. Uh, so it hurts a little bit of the development if they have to sit out uh, once practice starts upon their return. Uh, but long term, if, if both of these guys are out for game time, I think that 
that hurts our depth because you really have a bunch of guys who can who are more you know positions power forward number fours um, that'll have to play backup minutes uh, and and I think you know Trace we want to play him a lot of minutes but you don't want to just have to because of of the only position but it's still early you know I mean. Uh, you know, there's only a certain number of practices before you play your first game, and I think that can start now in late September. So we're still, you know, uh, a good five, six weeks from any serious practice starting upon the return. So I don't, I'm not worried about a long-term uh, issue with with these injuries, especially when you see them uh, walking around. Uh, uh, you hope that uh, at, you know it, it, that both of them come back, or at least one of them come back by the time uh, the season starts. Jumping in on that just real quick, the the, the biggest fear for me, and, I, and, and again, this is farther down the schedule, is that it, with recently, uh, Coach Adrani has done some great stuff with his new film room stuff, and he had a great breakdown of Michael Durr and his his gameplay and, and some highlights of, of him down in Florida. And he is going to be uh, an integral part in something that we missed last year when we play teams like Illinois with Coburn and uh, that team up north with the, with the giant uh, pituitary gland guy. Um, that, that's going to be something that's really – we're really going to need Michael Durr for those games. And uh, so hopefully it's nothing lingering uh, that, that, that we can't tell a back thing like Joey had or something like that that's going to keep him out for those, those crucial matchups where we need that big banger type of player down below. Yeah, I think the interesting thing for these games in particular, as Coach said, you know, BC Mega is supposed to have some some reasonably good size, and I think you also, as as we think about playing this four out one in, there was still some questions of you know, would you see Trace potentially play alongside of Durr at any point, or some of those kinds of things, which you won't get the opportunity to see now. Be plenty of other games and opportunities to. Um, see those kinds of things so uh, you know I think you probably if you're playing you know two true bigs it's more of trace and race as we saw last year but um, you know we'll we'll see what happens I, I like the the pick of Geronimo to maybe be a beneficiary of that uh, certainly get some more time and uh, he is a guy who showed some ability to stretch the floor so we'll be interesting to see about that and hopefully everybody else uh, remains uh, remains healthy and other other news we had uh, Jackson State added to the schedule, so I think that leaves only one game, only one non-conference game left to uh, to announce at this point. After Northern Illinois, either a week or two ago, and then Jackson State, uh, they are currently 187th on Torvik's uh, preseason rankings. Finished 265th in Ken Palm last year out of the out of the SWAC, which is typically one of the two lowest-rated conferences anywhere. So this is the uh, textbook definition of a bye game, although they're at least seem to be projected to be one of the better teams uh, within that league. And so I think that puts a little bit of pressure uh, on from a scheduling standpoint. I know you guys talked about this a little bit last week, just in terms of how we're going to fill uh, the other games. It, it's, it certainly feels like this one remaining game would really benefit IU to be a power conference team in some capacity. Uh, Coach, I know you talked about that a little bit last week, but th- does seeing Jackson State be one of the uh, fill one of the empty slots kind of exaggerate those feelings a little bit more uh, with only only one opening left? Yeah, my initial talk, and I said this last week, is that the schedule is a little light, and but yet in its lightness, it's okay. I mean, it's not all three hundred, you know, seven three hundred level uh, Ken Palm teams. So you know, when, when you're playing Marshall and, 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 and games like that, uh, Louisiana Lafayette, those are good. Those are good mid-level games to have on your schedule, but you need some power fives. Um, 
And, and I think Andy, you can, um, you know, tell me what you think is too, is that puts pressure on winning those three power five conference games going in. You have very little room for air, uh, where if you have five or six and, and go four and two in a, in a six game against power five, you got four quality wins despite your two losses and you go one and two, uh, this year, you've got to really do well in the big 10, which we're expecting. Um, but I think that puts a little more pressure on uh, winning some of those games. I would have liked to seen and definitely would like to see that last schedule a power five, and that'll put you at four uh, really strong uh, you know, teams, even though some of those other teams are, are solid teams to play. Uh, I, I just have a feeling it's a little light, and it's understandable in year one when you're putting in a system and you're really ramping up for Big Ten play. You want to be playing your best. You don't want to have to schedule like Michigan State did a few years ago, and you're playing, you know, four or five top 20 teams in the first six games, and, and you you lose confidence. So there, there, there's a fine line there. From our bracketology point, I think it's a little light, um, but um, it, it's, it's not so light like a North Carolina State in the past where it's going to kill the Hoosiers, but they better take care of business. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think the big thing is it really puts pressure on you to to fare well in the few games that you have when you don't have uh, when you don't have too many. So I, I think everybody feels good about the ability to win. You know, I guess seven of the ten that are scheduled now, if I'm doing the math correctly. And then you know, you go two and one in the other three, you can feel pretty good. Uh, if you go one and two or zero oh and three, then I think it's a little uh, a little tricky. But We'll see how that goes. Uh, there was another point that uh, was made. Uh, Jay Kratulis, I am probably butchered the last name there, in the community. Grim milestone today has now been 2,000 days since IU has beaten Purdue at basketball uh, on the men's side. Uh, if there's one thing that's by far more important than anything else for Coach Woodson to accomplish, it's to end this abominable streak. I don't – I really – other than Jared and, and Jay doing that research to put that in there, I really didn't want to even uh, – Really didn't even want to mention that one. So let's go. Uh, let's go back to Chad. Let's go back to happier times in the Bahamas. Uh, Chad, give me uh, give me one player that you're most excited to uh, to see in these games. Uh, I think another one that gets gets overlooked many times, just because he's been he's been with us for a long time, but we haven't seen him put the ball on the court. Is Parker Stewart? Um, he's in in my mind. He's one of those players that can fit in well. He's got a great size. He's a stockier player. And um, when you kind of try to line out, or at least when I try to line out starting lineups uh, of this team, the, the number three position is kind of one that could, you could play many different ways. And he's definitely one of those guys that, that slides into that three position really well. Uh, it is reported and, and is known to be a great shooter uh, and just his size and, and can get to the basket. So I, I'm interested to see him just because he's been a Hoosier for so long, but yet we haven't seen him uh, uh, take the court yet. Yeah, he was interesting. As we go to the – we think about some of the Woodson comments. There was he, he talked about Stewart really being one of the better players for a stretch of time. Uh, sounded like that had fallen off a little bit lately and was kind of you know, jokingly talking about he needed to get back on him. But I think you know he's a guy from a maturity standpoint. And from the standpoint of having a – a, a defined skill that IU has lacked in terms of shooting over the last more years than we'd like to count. Uh, I, I think it will be interesting to see kind of how they, they utilize him. Uh, coach thoughts on, on Stewart or a, a guy in particular that you're really interested to, uh, you know, that, that has maybe some extra pages you want Chad to fill out about him in the, uh, in the notebook. You know, there's, there's so many questions from returnings and, 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 and new players, you know, um, 
Yeah, I'm interested in Christian Lander. I, I think he's just a talent. Uh, and, and, you know, we heard the positives about uh, Rob Finnessy, which is really good to hear. You got three point guards. Are they going to play together? I, I really would like to see, and it's part of Chad's assignment, is, is to, to report back on, on Christian. It seems like he's really built his body. He looks like he's developed a, a lot more strength. And, and, and I, I'm interested in seeing him along with well, just about uh, everyone. It, it also piqued my interest, and we're going to talk about Coach Woodson's uh, media availability in, in the next segment, is uh, Galloway being one of the better offensive players, which you know we all questioned that at some point last year based on, based on his shooting. So what is Coach Woodson looking at in order to say that? Um, you know, and, and just, just trying to get a feel for uh, who those top 10 uh, rotation guys are, are going to be. But there's so many things, and that's why, you know, Chad, you need to – have your fun early, you know, get a, get a few nice drinks in, um, you know, and then, uh, you know, tuck yourself in and, and be well rested because uh, we all need a report on a lot of guys. But Christian Lander is one that, um, besides Parker Stewart, that I, I'm really interested in getting a report on. All right, Chad, any uh, any other thoughts? I don't know how long you want to or uh, or intend to stay, so I don't want to I don't want to keep you, but you're you're certainly welcome to stay. But any uh, any other angles? Any any other observations with the boots on the ground there in the, in the Bahamas? No, nothing at this point. I mean, again, the media media guys have done a good job of uh, covering and putting things out there for us to watch. Um, and and as I say, and compliment this, I think I got JD with the with the media department here, right in the background on me on the phone. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they've done such a great job uh, doing everything uh, for this team and getting them to bond and everything out here. And so, uh, just excited to see that. And uh, who knows? Tomorrow I may even try in the afternoon to peek in and see if they're doing a little bit of practices uh, beforehand. Um, but yeah, it's just an exciting time. And um, yeah, I, I will I will get what I can, Coach. I will get what I can. Okay, stop you know, with the pressure. Here, here, here's the thing: you got to look at what the hotel personnel is wearing, and, and then try to <laughs> obtain that clothing and a fake badge so that you can get in early and watch some of the the shoot around stuff. I mean, you're gonna yeah. do it. Do it right. You know, break in. No, don't don't get arrested down there. <laughs> I, I I feel like I feel like I can do it in in, in the confident proper way not not as loud as our our, our assembly call uh, uh, friend eric does he's, he's he's a little more brash with his uh his entrances yeah. and stuff but uh we'll see we'll see what i can do coach well thanks you, for being down there and i'll go with a more understated approach than yeah. him so that's fair uh, yeah. yeah we do appreciate you uh popping on the show when you do and, and now reporting um from the bahamas we appreciate it yeah awesome. thanks guys hey thanks, have a good one you and your dad All enjoy right. the rest of your trip thank you we'll do bye guys see you all right. Well, we're going to take a break, and uh, when we come back, we'll talk a bit more about some of the uh, Mike Woodson press availability that we uh, that we talked about, and uh, review our big takeaways from that. And uh, looks like someone will be here to join us. We'll uh, be back in a couple minutes. Uh, stick with us here on Assembly Call Radio. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. 
All right, welcome, chat mob. Jared got I feel like a different Fellas. Yeah, haircut, I think, since saw you last. No? Yes, maybe? I did. I did get new, a haircut. Different, yeah. New glasses, too? I mean, it's like... I did get some glasses. Totally. I did get some glasses. But I figured if I'm going to join the show with you two fine gentlemen with your classy glasses, I needed to get some, too. Actually, my wife got me these for my birthday. They're like, they're blue light glasses because I stare at screens all the time. So... Yeah. Gotcha. Well, welcome. Yeah. Yeah. You just missed, you just missed Chad. He, I was uh, listening. I listened okay. to the last few minutes of the last segment while I was running around getting ready. Yeah, coaches, uh, coaches scheming ways that Chad could get potentially, uh, you know, arrested for, uh, you know, impersonating an employee of the of the hotel. So you know, yeah, all in I the mean, name look, of I, all in the name of scouting. So well worth it, I would say, if you really think about it. Look, I know. Um, oh, thanks for the note there, Coach. Yep. Let me let me check and make sure that it's. Oh, I know what happened. Okay, yeah, yeah. I need to fix my mic, uh, and then I'll say what I was going to say. I didn't yeah. mean for him to get kicked off. I uh, I just made a slight yeah. suggestion. <laughs> you mess it up. Coach gives you the boot. That's all there. Uh, that's all there is to it. Did you, do I sound better now? There you go. Absolutely. Hello, hello. Yeah, you're good. Okay, good. Um, now, okay, so like we've got this the whole like two minute thing, right? Like they only want two minutes of video getting out from the game. But if Chad just like turns his phone on and records the game and we just pass it around in the private community, don't let it get out in the public, email each other. We've got blockchains and crypto now. We can, you know, encrypt the whole file. Just keep it among us, you know, the few of us. Watch the whole game. Come on, Chad. There you you go. Just saying we could do it. Could be done. Or, you know, can the media guys get together? And if there's 10 media guys, you know, per half, they each put out yes. two minutes of. Exactly. Know, That's Rab what I was Johnson saying. puts out his two minutes, and then Schumann or whoever's down there, and, you know, Chad from Assembly Call, two minutes, we get the whole game. Yeah. Tyler from Inside the Hall. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Everybody do your two minutes. There's plenty of IU fans there to get, you get your two minutes. So. Anyway, all right. Megan's saying probably shouldn't tell YouTube about it. That's true, but well, Megan, we're among friends here, right? Like we're all, I, I trust all of the people here, except for Joel. That's like telling people trust- we don't cheat on our taxes, Megan. <laughs> Whoa, hey. <laughs> now that you don't want to say on YouTube. We all, everybody here. I just did. <laughs> Come get my teacher salary. <laughs> <laughs> That's My right. deduction for $25 of poster board. Nice. <laughs> nice. All of Take which you're using for bracketology purposes. You're not using Absolutely. for your actual classes, but that's, that's neither here nor there. So, so Andy, you'd appreciate <laughs> this. Our edu- educational foundation grant uh, here said, write a grant. So I asked Amy, I said, do you think they'll buy microphones for our uh, bracketology podcast? So everyone has <laughs> good sound quality instead of some kid, you know, at home's, not having and so i'm writing a grant to get you know three halfway decent microphones for our our podcast this year hey never hurts to ask it's educational it's math absolutely absolutely i've been back for all of 45 seconds and i'm already going at it with joel it's like old times man that's why i love oh, no. that's why i love being on this show <clears throat> hey uh jared congratulations on kindergarten Thank you. I know. You're, First you're getting old, man. You got, you got <laughs> a child in school. That's crazy. I know. I know, man. First day. She was so excited. That's it's awesome. so funny. You know, like 
you know, my wife went in with her. And I, I remember, you know, we had a preschool teacher a couple of years ago. She was like, you know, the funniest thing is that, you know, the girls come in, the young girls, and they're most of them are really mature. They can communicate. They handle like, you know, going in and being away from their parents really well. And it's the boys who are the marshmallows. That's what she called them, the marshmallows that are clinging to mama's leg and don't want them to leave. And that's exactly what happened today. You know, like all the girls in the class were like there and talking to each other and happy to be there. And she said there were like three or four boys that were just like crying and not wanting to be left. Poor little guys. But yeah, she was she was very excited. She was <laughs> she she's she's I mean, it was you know, it was a tough decision because obviously stuff's getting you know worse with the pandemic. And Frisco does not have a, a mask mandate, whereas where we live now, where Dallas ISD and Fort Worth ISD both do. So it's kind of a tough decision. You know, they offered on, an online option and we we're, you know, we kind of went back and forth on what we were going to do. But we ultimately decided that she just I mean, she just thrives so much on the, you know, the the interaction with other kids. Um, and fortunately, most of the kids in there were wearing masks, which is really nice to see. And it's a really diverse school, too, which is awesome. You don't always get that in this area. So I was really excited about that. Well, so anyway, yeah, enjoy I'm, it, I'm excited. Man. Enjoy it. That's, that's just awesome. Mm -hmm. yeah. And as a bonus, you know, school starts earlier. So we've had to push bedtime up, which means more Jared. On the, that's right. <laughs> I can be here more. Very excited about that. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Yes. And right, Andy, so you had good about? news. You had good news too, right? Yeah, with Hannah. Yeah, she made the uh, the hire of the two JV soccer teams as a freshman, so she's excited about that. Keeping hey, us, hey, keeping us busy already. So uh, she had her orient her freshman orientation today. So uh, I think the reality has set in at the time that she's going to need to get up to catch the bus here in about a week. So uh, <laughs> that was not that was not as well received and as well enjoyed as the news <laughs> about other aspects of uh, of school. But we'll uh, we'll deal with it. She's going to end up being you guys. Uh, I'll tell you, go ahead. You're winning the father game. You guys are, are, are champion dads, man. That, that is cool stuff. Just, uh, living vicariously through you, bringing back good memories of, uh, uh of the time periods that I, I had and, uh, just keep it going, man. It's, it's, it's fun to watch you guys and, and awesome. your children be successful. Thank you. Well, thanks coach. You're welcome. It is awesome. All right. Joel says it's bedtime. Bedtime. It's like nine thirty. Oh boy, poor poor Joel. Man, now not really. <laughs> All, right. All right. Good night, Joel. We need a uh, we need uh, Bob Thompson to make a good night Joel song for when Joel pieces out on us a third of the way through the show. <laughs> Bob, if you're listening, I'm sure he'll work on that. I have no doubt. I have no doubt. And it'll be awesome because it's Bob Thompson. Absolutely, it will. So, all right, you guys ready to uh, talk a little Mike Woodson? Absolutely. All right, let's do it. Hey, this is Deron Davis. And what's the only thing better than dominating a Duke big man in the post? It's celebrated with friends afterwards. Join Gerard, Andy, Ryan, and coach on the Assembly Hall call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers. And welcome back to the Assembly Call. So how do you keep up with the fire hose of information that comes out almost every day about IU basketball? It's crazy during the offseason and even crazier during the season. 
Well, we've got your back. We send out a free weekly email newsletter on Sunday mornings, rounds up the most important and interesting IU basketball stories from the previous week to keep you up to date on your Hoosiers. Over 8,000 of your fellow IU fans are already on the list, and we want you to join as well. So go to assembly call, go to join.assemblycall.com to subscribe for free now. That's join.assemblycall.com. You can also text IU to 66866. Again, that's IU to 66866. I'm Andy Bonhams here with Coach Brian Tonsoni and Jared Morse. And uh, Jared, I'm glad you were here because I, I picked that intro in the hopes that you would be here by now. So it all, it Thank all you. comes all, together. It all worked out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So wanted to uh, circle back to Mike Woodson's press availability that I think was last Friday. Uh, I want to say and, and kind of talk through some key takeaways from that. I know, Coach, you were particularly excited about this, so uh, I have no choice but to uh, but to throw this to you first. So, what was uh, while, while the the videos and some of the other stuff is not your thing necessarily in the off season, I feel like the coach availability is. So, what was your uh, what was one of your big takeaways from from listening to Woodson talk about what the team was uh, had been working on? I, I bet I know. We got. Let's see. We got a whole list of things listed here, and they're all good. <laughs> I mean, they're all solid program building things. But main focus last month and a half has been on defense. There it was. That uh, was <laughs> that was the early favorite for what coach would uh, I, coach would coach would hit first. In, in my best Ryan, we haven't focused enough on defense. Right. No. 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 On my best Ryan, I think three weeks ago, Jared posed the question: How would I structure practice? Mm-hmm. And I said, 50% defense, 25% development, 25% offense. And it looks like that was close. So, uh, you know, Ryan and I are right sometimes. Uh, I just want to honor Ryan in, in having that kind of attitude. But, um, no, in all seriousness, uh, that, that I thought that was the case. I was hearing people uh, talk about it. Recruit, recruiting people were saying that they were watching him with defense. And it, that's just interesting to me because all of our focus has been on the four out one in and the weakness of Indiana had been the offense uh, that he came in and, and really wanted to get things uh, solidified. So I'm looking at a change in where the ball is forced. Uh, I would imagine it's going to be a little more baseline, traditional man-to-man with rotations on the baseline. That's what I asked Chad to look for. And I really am interested in how the ball screen is going to be guarded because I think it's going to be more NBA style with multiple three-man rotations instead of just a switch or, or you know, some drop coverage or things like that that are typical for the college game. I'd imagine since he put it in and has really been working on his defense, that's a little more NBA complicated, which is something new and gives Indiana a niche on defense that maybe if they can master can, can win a game or two. So to me, Andy, that uh, the defensive thing, um, not, not because I really said that, but I just think that's how you win championships. You build your defense first, build confidence in your players, which Rob's game is a new game, uh, and give your guys confidence, and the offense can work out its 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 way as you move along. Yeah, I thought there were a couple of things that he he said defensively. Um, you know, really talked about uh, keeping heat on the basketball and being aggressive on the pick and roll. So I'm I'm curious to to really hear from some of the folks who are there what that looks like against a. Uh, a BC mega team that uh, is going to present some challenges, I think, for IU. So, uh, be interested to see how that focus on defense is, has really been. Because you know, he talked about again, he came back to it a, a little bit toward the end of the uh, availability, where he said he really hasn't given them a lot offensively. That that will come, but he just went and reiterated, like if we can do what we need to do defensively, 
and, and rebounding wise, that opens up a lot of, of what they need to do. So, uh, yeah, a clear focus. So be interested to see what kind of dividends that pays, uh, in these couple games in the Bahamas, uh, Jared thoughts on that or, or another, uh, a point that, that stood out for you. No, two thoughts on that. You know, coach, I remember something that you said, I don't remember if it was the last time I was on the show or previous to that, but, you know, but just about how, you know, we've kind of spent these last four years under Archie Miller with a coach that, you know, like kind of had his thumb pressed on the offense so much and wanted everything done a certain way. And it's like, you know, look, give me play good defense. Give me your heart, your soul on defense. Do what I ask you to do on defense. I'll give you freedom on that end and I'll let you play. You know, and it sounds like maybe that's that's kind of Woodson's philosophy here early on. It's like we're gonna put this defense in, we are gonna guard people, and we're gonna get to the offense. Don't worry, but I'll kind of let the guys play a little bit more on that end. You know, and he's got there's some talent on offense. I think we forget about that because we've spent four years, you know, watching this offense where it just looks like everything was hard, but there are guys that can do things on offense. And so maybe with a little bit of freedom, that alone will make the offense function a little bit better. So I I do think that structuring it that way early on is important. The other thing he said about defense that I thought was really interesting, especially just within the context of comparing it to what we've seen, is he talked about, you know, the what if scenarios on defense. He's like, you know, we, we... you know, yeah, you know, if, if if you're guarding the man with the ball, you've got to get in him. You've got to guard him. And if we're going to guard a ball screen a certain way, we need to do it. But then what about the what ifs? You know, what if it doesn't go right? What if the coverage doesn't go right? Are you just going to kind of let up and let them score? Or are you going to compete and try and figure it out anyway? And even though this is a program that has had a defensive mentality, you know, over the past four years, or at least intended to have a defensive mentality, a defensive focus might be the better way to say it. It wasn't always a resilient defense. It's a defense that would give in too often, you know, when when another team seemed to kind of have their number and knew what they were going to do. It wasn't a defense that could adapt. It wasn't a defense that was always very resilient, especially if shots weren't going down. And that to me is kind of what Mike Woodson was saying is, look, we got to put this defensive stuff in and I'm going to have a plan and hopefully that plan works. But if it doesn't, are you going to be out there still competing anyway to try and make it work as best you can? which is not, I feel like, what we saw in some of the more frustrating performances from Indiana recently. So that, I thought, was was really encouraging to hear um, from a defensive Jared, perspective. What, what you said is very interesting because we as coaches sometimes complicate winning, uh, and it's just a critique of us as coaching. When you study the game, you have millions of answers. You have millions of plays in your playbook, and sometimes you can complicate winning by – uh, demanding you run these 20 sets in a row or, or this play has to be played right now. It's one of the things that I, I hope that I've evolved uh, as a high school coach um, and now as an assistant is in letting kids play. And, and it goes to your defensive point, too, is here's the structure, but I got to let you play. You've got to be equipped to make the right decisions when, when the structure breaks down. Uh, and, and thinking kills basketball. Uh, the, the more you tell kids to be precise, it just kills play and you get the, it slows the team down. And, and one of the things that coach Woodson is really, um, exciting me with is that ability to, to get kids to play to their level with that freedom, both offensively. Obviously he wants this certain structure defensively, or he wouldn't put an emphasis, emphasis on it. But I think that's something that a lot of times fans don't really talk about behind the scenes. Uh, I know coach Marlowe is big on that. Uh, with, with Archie, I was slow to see that uh, last year, to be honest with you. Um, and, and, you know, 
I, I don't think you. coaches can just you're welcome. Uh, I don't think coaches can just give you confidence. I think they, they got to make sure they're not taking it away. You, you got to get confidence on your own. Uh, but, but the coach can help with that a little bit. And that's, that's interesting. And there'll be something to watch here in these, these couple games in early season. Yeah. The other thing that I wrote down from a, you know, kind of non-player specific standpoint, we'll get into some of those here in a second was he, he talked toward the beginning about really pushing conditioning, and his quote was, because of the way we want to play on both ends of the floor. And I think that's another thing as you think ahead to the Bahamas trip. Like, what does that really look like? Does that mean really up-tempo? There's been discussion around those kinds of things. I think certainly to play the you know kinds of hard-nosed defense he's talking about, the conditioning becomes important. But the pace of play uh, will be interesting to see just because he made a point to call out conditioning as a, as a factor. And so they really made some strides there, but they weren't still where he felt like they needed to be to play – uh, how he wanted them to play. So again, I, I don't know uh, certainly enough about BC Mega to know what their typical pace of play would be, but I'll be definitely curious to see, you know, what IU looks like from from that standpoint. Uh, Coach, thoughts on thoughts on any of the conditioning component? Anything to read into that, if if you will? Yeah, Coach Woodson is going to demand it. You playing at a frenetic pace, both defensively and offensively. And I don't know if that means fast break. Uh, necessarily, but it, when when you make a, a move defensively, a closeout or a, or a blockout, you're going to make it frenetically and and hard and intense. When you make a cut, we've commented on other schools how they cut in their motion offense. I think that's what Coach Woodson is trying to reading between the lines is trying to bring back. And in order to do that, you need to be in shape, and you need to be in shape enough to go out there and play three minutes as hard as you can, and know that this ten man rotation he's talking about, your backup's going to come in and play three minutes really hard, and then the next guy, and you hit them with wave after wave after after wave after wave, you got to be ready to play that way. And there's a difference between being physically fit and then conditioned to go in and play, you know, up and down, back and forth, uh, and even half court. And that to me is at least what I hope that I can interpret from Coach Woodson. But boy, I would love to see that. That's what, you know, Indiana used to do that, just intensity for 40 minutes. And sometimes if you don't have depth, guys take possessions off and coaches allow people to take possessions off because you don't want them to get in foul trouble or you need a guy to play 34 minutes and you know that they're only going to play intense for 27, 28. So you try to massage that coach Woodson isn't going to put up with that. He wants that, that awesome pace on everything. And that's why he wants to build depth and keep recruiting to depth. That to me is exciting. So in terms of like individual player stuff, uh, there was a number of guys that he mentioned at, ver at various points on that. We touched on a couple of them in the uh, in the opening segment, but saved some of that for here. So Jared, was there, you know, one of those maybe that stood out to you either as a surprise or uh, or, or just a guy that you're excited to see how he might fare under the uh, under the Mike Woodson regime? There are two guys. One is not going to be a surprise for anybody who now recognizes me as the annual president of the Senior Guard Fan Club. Uh, but one is Rob Finnessy. And it actually, Coach, it harkens back to something that you just talked about, you know, with the confidence and not making basketball too complicated. You know, we talked often the last few years about, you know, how it just looked like Rob was overthinking things at times. And in moments when he could just play, you know, like at the end of games where you don't have time to think and you just have to go make a play, he often was pretty good at that, you know, and he had some moments where it really happened. And then in between, you know, he would look like he just struggled to get into the game mentally. And so hopefully what Mike Woodson is doing, you know, and Mike Woodson's ability to, you know, build relationships and get the best out of guys is really going to help a guy like Rob Finnessy. Uh, you know, he is, is the kind of guy that I think 
you know, we've seen the best of him in flashes, but we haven't seen it consistently. And if you get more consistent play out of him, that raises the ceiling and the floor of what this team can do because it's easy to kind of write him off. He's been here for three years. And yeah, you know, we may end up getting into next season. And it's like, well, okay, it's kind of the same old guy, you know, and that does happen sometimes. But I think there's reason for hope with a new system and a new way to play that him specifically, it could really have a positive impact. And so hearing Mike Woodson, who look, I mean, I think one thing you can take from that press conference is for better or worse, he's just going to kind of tell you what he thinks. You know, I mean, I don't think most coaches would be like, yeah, you know, Parker Stewart, boy, those first couple of weeks, he was really playing well. And now he's really dropped off and I got to pull it back out of him. Like, I just don't feel like you would get that a lot from a coach, you know? And so it kind of feels like the, the evaluations he's giving of players are just pretty candid. And so every time he was talking about an individual, Rob Finnessy would come up, you know, a guy who's working hard, a guy who's playing better offensively. You know, he just kept mentioning him. And so that it's a huge positive for this team because it's great that we have Xavier Johnson. I think, you know, Xavier Johnson is going to be a huge part of this team. And I think he'll probably handle the ball more and allow Rob to play off the ball. But having both of those guys out there, having two point guards at once is going to be really big. Uh, you know, but Rob being able to be more of a catch and shoot guy, have a little less pressure on offense, but then be able to take the tougher assignment defensively because, you know, Xavier Johnson, I think defensively, he's better as a guy who can kind of take chances and go get steals and that kind of stuff. But you want your more solid guy and Rob to have those tougher assignments. Like it just, it really feels like things are lining up for him to be in a position to succeed. Whereas that really hasn't been the case for the last two seasons. The other guy that really jumped out to me was Trace Jackson Davis. And it's really easy with a guy like Trace to take him for granted and just to think, all right, look, pencil in your 19 points, your nine rebounds. You know, like we kind of know what we're going to get from Trace. But if he can take a leap, you know, and be a true All-American level player, a true Big Ten MVP candidate, which if, you know, if Mike Woodson is to be believed, which I think he is, and that Trace has really been working hard and he's improved as much as anybody, that's huge. You know, just because he's kind of the rock or, or, you know, the sun around which everything else orbits and he's the one guy with the with the starting lineup, you know, kind of written in pen, His, you know, as Mike Woodson said, the big fella, you know, he's got his starting spot set. I mean, if Trace can get better and there's tons of room for him to get better, that also it, that raises the ceiling and the floor for this team because he's going to be on the floor more than anybody. So those two guys who have played, you know, as as many or more meaningful minutes as anybody else on the roster. They've got the experience. They've got the ability. If those can be two guys that you can lean on while you work out the ups and downs of Tamar Bates and you work out the ups and downs of Parker Stewart getting acclimated and you work out the ups and downs of Miller Cop trying to find his role and you work out the ups and downs of Jordan Geronimo, all these other guys who I feel like they're going to be ups and downs because they haven't played consistent minutes, you need those rocks. And I think that's what Rob and Trace can be. So I can't be anything but encouraged by, by Mike Woodson's comments. Coach, thoughts on uh, let's let's talk Rob first. You know, thoughts on on some of Woodson's comments about him. He was a guy that came up as much as anybody in in some different contexts. There, you know, it shows to me the focus of the staff. Dane Fife talks about Rob and needing to turn him around to play the way he had and how important he was defensively and his media availability two months ago. I think, uh, and then to to hear this about Rob is is just uh, really it's a surprise a little bit that it happened so quick. And, and like Jared said, it, it could revert back in a, 
you know, in a second if, if things go south or an injury or something like that. But I, I think Rob is very, very important uh, that he play his best. And if that's a starting role or a backup role or whatever, uh, he adds a lot to this team as a veteran player. So that that was that was outstanding. Um, and, and I just think it's it, it's something that good coaches do is they try to put players in position to succeed and, and they don't always they're not always successful in doing that uh, and, and sometimes personalities don't mesh but it seems like coach Woodson and staff are really meshing uh, early on with Rob and that can only benefit the Hoosiers yeah it was the one part to, to tack on to that about Rob that was interesting was he really talked about Xavier Johnson Rob and Christian Lander as 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 the point guards talked about trying to get them to understand what it means to run the team and things like that, and I think that that could take a few different forms on the court. Obviously, I I don't think there's enough minutes to spread around to truly play all three guys for some set of minutes at point guard. There's certainly an argument to be made that in recent years, having multiple point guards on the floor has been a positive for for college basketball teams. But it was interesting to hear him talk still talk about him in that same way and not necessarily the more off the ball role that I think we've all speculated he might have this year and I don't know what that really looks like in the in the long run so as we think about you know a lot of this translates to stuff that that we want to understand more about from these Bahamas games it's it's really for me to kind of see how those minutes in the backcourt get distributed because that's one area that's not really impacted by the injuries we talked about earlier. So you've got your full complement of guys there. How do you divvy up those minutes and, and who really is, is got the ball in their hands uh, most often. So again, coach, I assume that uh, that's among the things that uh, you've asked Chad to track for us uh, in, in the games <laughs> exactly. there. But, uh, but that's something I'm really interested to see how that kind of plays out and how those minutes get divvied up. Uh, go ahead, Jerry. Well, one other thing I wanted to add, you know, I, I kind of said that, you know, sounded like you know mike everything mike woodson said is very candid you know we also you know we're, we're getting to learn about mike woodson as a coach you know we don't know a ton about him yet and so that is perhaps presumptuous of me to say because it's also possible when you look at some of his comments that there was some some strategy there with what he said because you know think about the guys and and what they might need you know when it comes to a public pronouncement from their coach like, what could Rob Finnessy benefit from more from his coach than public pronouncements of just effusive confidence, right? Look at the example of Xavier Johnson. Like, Xavier Johnson is known as a guy who's confident, <laughs> you know, aggressive. You know, he probably doesn't need anybody to tell him how good he is because he knows. And so what did Mike Woodson say about him in the press conference? I got to get him learning better how to be a point guard. I think he said, like, I've been in his butt more than anybody, you know, which is a certainly an audio drop that we're going to need to get at some point. <laughs> Um, you know, I thought his comments about Miller Cop were interesting. You know, basically, he took responsibility for finding Miller Cop a role to feel comfortable. He's like, that guy can make shots. I've got to find him a role to be comfortable. And he clearly separated Trace Jackson Davis as the leader of the team, which, again, it, what what is a better message to send to Trace than, hey, the expectations are high, but, you know, you've done a great job, everything we've asked, and you're, you're clearly the guy. So, you know, it's very possible that some of those messages were strategic from Mike Woodson. Because I think you kind of go down the line, and especially with those four guys, you know, that's kind of what you would say if you could design, like, okay, what would be the right message for the coach to send this guy based on what we know of him? 
you know, that's those are kind of the messages that we got. And so that I'm going to be really interested as the Mike Woodson era unfolds, you know, because he is a guy who is so he seems so just comfortable in his own skin, you know, up there talking. You know, what what do we learn from him at press conferences? You know, is it just that he's just really candid and we can really trust all these things? Or is he a guy who uses a moment like that to send a message, especially knowing now how much stuff is covered and how that stuff gets back to players on social media? You know, I don't know yet. We don't know that much about him. But that part, I think, is going to be really interesting to find out. Jared, he seems comfortable in, in this position, which it's a tough position. We've seen the last two coaches who know what they're doing falter because something about the coaching position at Indiana was overwhelming for those two personalities. Uh, and you can be good at what you do and not fit a position, and we've seen that, unfortunately, um, with, with the with the last two coaches. Uh, and, and early on, time will tell. The proof's going to be in the pudding with results uh, down on the road, we, and we're all excited. And so we all have some rose, you know, crimson colored glasses right now, but he just seems comfortable is what I hear you saying and what you're interpreting. And I get that feel too. Like ask me a question. I'm either purposely going to throw that out and he's really good at that, or I'm just going to say whatever comes to my mind, but I'm the coach at Indiana and it's my alma mater and I want it to be done a certain way. And I'm okay with that. And I think that's what good coaches do. Um, and, and maybe good coaches with good fits. And, and and so you know maybe I'm I'm hopeful guys, but it just really seems that there's a little bit of calmness uh, at the at the helm uh, of of the program, and there hasn't been that calmness uh, in retrospect for for many many years. Yeah, and I will say you know Jeff Jeffrey put in the chat you know Woody said that he begged Trace to to stay. Just hearing a coach say that seems strange to me, and it is. <laughs> you know that is kind of a strange thing to say, which is why it kind of feels like he's just being candid. He's just being honest in those moments. And I think if he's like that in a press conference, and I know, you know, players who played for Jimmy Johnson always used to say the thing they love most about playing for Jimmy Johnson is you always knew where you stood with Jimmy Johnson. You, you knew. And yeah, there would be special treatment for star players, but you knew that that was going to happen. It was up front and you knew where you stood and what you needed to do. And that's the kind of vibe I get from Mike Woodson. And I think him having dealt with professionals you kind of have to treat guys that way. And more and more now, college players have a professional mentality and, I mean, really are professionals and, you know, for all intents and purposes. And I think that is going to help him. You know, we'll see. I'm Personally, I'm, I'm enjoying this honeymoon phase without the results because it's a blank yeah. slate on which we can, yeah. <laughs> you know, put whatever we want. Uh, the shows but... are more enjoyable to get positive, you know? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, the other couple of player things, you hit on one of them with the Miller cop of, of him making a point today. He needs to put him in the right position. Uh, the other I thought was Tamar Bates. Described him at one point as a, quote, typical freshman, but said he'd put on 12 pounds. And the part that I think IU fans would really like was he said he was cocky, not scared. Uh, so, uh, you know, he's another guy as we, we think toward these Bahamas games, just what does he look like in his first action and just kind of seeing him on some of these, uh, social media videos seems like he just got a great personality and, uh, a guy that I think others will be, uh, will be drawn to. So that was the other one that, that stood out to me. Coach, any, uh, I believe he also referred to him as light in the butt as I yeah. referred to tomorrow Bates <laughs> needing to, needing to gain some weight, which is yeah. Something I wish we could all have said about us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Coach, any uh, any other kind of lingering uh, thoughts on your on your list? Best four or five offensive players, and Trey Galloway was listed um, by by Coach. And, and 
there, there's there's two things I think maybe to take from that, that he's really worked on his game. And, and as we saw Chad uh, kind of sneaking into the practice uh, facility, seeing Trey put up extra shots, and he he was one of the few guys that were out there in the ballroom putting up extra shots that maybe his Chad shot snuck into the practice facility. I didn't just know. Open the door, open the door and held the camera up. It, I mean, you, you heard a ball bouncing and saw something fly through the air. You really couldn't make out who it was, but he said it was Trey Galloway getting a, up extra shots. And, and so maybe his shot has come around. The other thing that Trey did well last year is that he drove the basketball. And, and if coach wants to play a little more downhill, I can see where he's impressed with Galloway going downhill. The thing I will I will say is wait till coach to scout and play him at the rim and let him just dare him to shoot. Um, then the downhill doesn't happen. Or Trey usually would just go one direction. He didn't have multiple driving angles, which is what he had to improve in the game. But Trey's aggressive. And I think, again, by, by coach saying that Galloway's one of the best four or five, that tells me that he's meeting his aggressive nature of offense uh again we'll see if that plays out with the shot and if he drives with with good purpose or, or whatever that was shocking to me to hear that um Galloway was one of the four or five best offensive players um hustle players you know rebounders dive on the floor guys man that wouldn't have surprised me at all but that that was surprising uh to me um to to hear that and I think that's just good again again that's depth it adds depth if, if nothing else if if we didn't have our crimson colored glasses on, we might look at that and say, "Boy, maybe some other guys didn't improve as much as they need to." That's one of those things you can look at both ways. I'm with you. I want to take the positive because I think we believe in Trey long term as a player. And if his shot comes around, he's got a lot of other pieces. If he's just a credible shooter that people have to pay attention to, now his driving and his ability to pass off Correct. the drive gets so much better. But also maybe with a four out one system. I mean, there's no one better on the team at driving into the lane and then locating shooters and passing out to them. Now he got in trouble sometimes because he left his feet and he didn't make great decisions last year, but if he's a little bit more under control and there's more space and there's more shooters, now the things that he does well offensively can pay more benefits. Last year, if he fired a pass out there to an open shooter, a lot of times it was a clank anyway. So maybe he yeah. fits better playing in a system like this. And my point is when you're practicing defense, you're not practicing scouting report defense. You know, so you're telling someone to pressure the ball on Trey Galloway because you want to work on pressuring the ball on defense. And next thing you know, Trey Galloway drives by, help comes, he finds the open man. Trey's looking like a great offensive player. And then, you know, 27 uh, out of the 30 teams will play eight feet off of Trey. And, and there, so he, he's going to have to have developed that shot in order to make that drive um, well. But that that was good. And he along that, he said TJD Parker at one time was the best, Xavier and Tamar. I think we would pick those guys out those transfers and new guys is probably being the better offensive guys because the guys coming back are all guys we like, but they weren't, they all struggled offensively at some times other than trace Jackson Davis, you know, Rob struggled offensively race would have good games, but he was more of a rebounder and a hustler. Uh, so, but yeah, that just, that was a, a little bit surprising and, and I hope that pans out down the road. That just makes Indiana better as well. All right. So Bahamas wise, uh, we'll we'll keep this part short. So, Jared, what's uh maybe if if you could pick one thing to learn about the team from the time of the Bahamas, what do, what do you hope that is? I mean, I want to see if this Rob Finnessy stuff is real, you know, because now we're going to be out of the game again. So, you know, I'd I'd like to see how he performs because I just I think he's a really important part of this year's team. Like, I think this team could still be okay 
if Rob struggles and becomes like the eighth man in the rotation because you got some talented other guys. But man, I think this team could be so good if he's a guy you can count on for 25, 30 good minutes a game. So I'm really curious about that. Um, and then, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm curious about Tamar Bates because I think he's such a talented player and I think he's not going to be, you know, afraid of the situation. You know, he's going to go out and, and do things. And I think his talent is, can also be really transformative for this team because we haven't really had a guy with that kind of cockiness offensively since Romeo that would just, well, I mean, Devante, but you know, Devante had to be kind of the right night, but Romeo on a game in game out basis would just go get you a shot. And you kind of always believed he'd be able to, whether he did or not. And having a guy like that, you know, it gives the fans confidence, but it gives the rest of the team confidence, you know, when you, you know, and so is he going to be able to be that guy as a freshman? I don't know, but I'd love to see how ready he is in a moment like this, because the more ready he is to play a key role this year, the stuff he brings to the table has been a missing link for this program ever since Romeo left. And we could really use it. Coach, what about you? What's uh, what's on page one of the the notebook you gave Chad that you really want to know? There, there, there's a there's a couple things I'm going to uh, piggyback on Jared. Overall point guard play and style. Uh, I believe it's going to be more of attacking downhill style. Uh, I want to see what all the point guards do and and what Coach Woodson has in store for the point guard. Uh, I, I also asked Chad to watch where they're forcing the ball. I'm really interested in the defensive style. Obviously, I, I said that earlier, and I, I pr- probably overplay that a little bit. But I want to know if it's forced middle with pressure or if it's going to be forced baseline, uh, a more traditional baseline rotation help defense than uh, a middle help defense. Uh, and, and so I'm looking at where they're forcing the, ba- the basketball, and I am just intrigued. I said it earlier about – his ball screen coverages because he was known when he went to Atlanta as innovative in the NBA for his ball screen coverages. And boy, do you have to be good in the NBA because everyone's just a knockdown. Almost everyone's just a knockdown score. You really got, you know, they play outstanding defense in the NBA. The reason they score 110 points is they're just so talented. But if he's been known for innovative uh, ball screen coverage, I'm interested in seeing that and learning something uh, as a coach, just as a fan. But I, I also think, I said this earlier, that's going to help Indiana. So defensively, where they're forcing the ball, what does ball screen coverage look like? Um, obviously, you want to see the players, uh, Parker Stewart. I'm so excited to see him uh, and just what he looks like, uh, you know, in an Indiana uniform. But um, for me, it's it's strategy-wise. Downhill, where they're forcing the ball, ball screen coverage are the three main things. Chad, better not fail me. <laughs> the gauntlet has been thrown down. That's right. All right, well that'll do it for. Can I, can I toss? Can I toss one more in there, Andy? Oh you know, boy, now nope, you got music make started. Me, Damn nope, it! Nope, it's okay. I'll stop it just for you. Just for you. Uh, Go that's ahead. two. That's two weeks in a row, by the way, that the music started and someone wanted to chime in. Uh, Ari, Ari was struggling, said, "I'm going to have to edit that out." I said, "No, just leave it in, Ari. Don't worry about it." I, I just let the whole um, thing run, and he can just leave in whatever he wants. So we're good. We're yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Jared. That's that's a good way to do it. Now, the only other thing I know, I think in segment one, you guys probably covered the Logan Duncan and Michael Durr uh, stuff. You know, being out, and not being able to play. Um, I think that's. I mean, that's a big deal. Because this, you know, this BC Mega team, they're big and like burly and old. And so I'm actually going to be intrigued to see, I guess, how these games are approached. Because personally, I would, I, I'm, I don't want to see Trace Jackson Davis playing 34 minutes against grown men in August in games that don't matter in a ballroom, you know? And so what do they do to rotate big man depth? You know, now during the season, it's a little bit different. 
but I'm hoping kind of everybody plays. And if you got to play Jordan Geronimo at the five or, or move, you know, Jordan Geronimo race at the four and five, because you're getting trace out and only letting him get 26 minutes. You know, I, I, I hope that's how they play this because I think it's the right long-term view to take. Cause ultimately it doesn't matter if we win or lose these games, but you know, maybe they go into it and think, Hey, we need to establish a winning mentality right now. We're going to do whatever it takes to win. So I don't know. I'll be, I'll just be interested to see how they approach it. But me personally, I would rather lose with Trace playing 26 minutes than win with him playing 36 minutes and exposing himself to, you know, just 20 extra minutes of tough physical play when he doesn't need to. And that's that's my only worry with Duncan and Durr being out because they would have been the obvious guys to get minutes. And now we don't have them. So how does the coaching staff approach it? And and, and Jared, I'll, I'll also say don't get wrapped up in, in, in this game, you know, from a rota- rotation at – you know, point or scores or who won or plus minus or, or things like that. We'll talk about it and we'll evaluate it, but it's the summer and these are exhibition games. And I imagine a lot of people are going to get a lot of playing time at their positions and maybe now with those injuries outside of those. Um, so again, just be uh, blessed that we have Indiana basketball and a new regime heading forward. Uh, don't, don't get too high, too low based on the results. All right. Well, we're going to give this a shot again. We'll try to wrap up again. And, uh, Let so me just come... jump in real quick. All right. That's enough. All right. So when we come back, we'll uh, answer your questions uh, as we always do in our final segment. So stick with us here on the assembly call. Today, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right. Do we have yeah, questions? No. I feel like we're getting to the point in the offseason where the community members are like, dude, we are out of questions. We got it. We got we a have few. no we got we have few. no more questions left to ask. We got a few. I did see no Scoochie Smith, so no uh no no revenge game narrative for him, I, I don't believe. So mm. do you think do you think Scoochie Smith would go out there to defend the honor of Archie Miller? You think they have that kind of relationship if he's still really, playing? I, I don't know. Can't say. I'm not sure that it would matter all that much about a guy that you played for at a different school however many years ago. I can't really <laughs> not really sure it's as strong as maybe it would be in some other cases. So probably probably no. Probably not a no. huge motivator if I was if I was to guess. <laughs> so so talking uh former coaches, the other night I, I wake up at like two thirteen in the morning and I hear this guy's voice coming from the living room. And I think it might be the TV. My son was out there. I I walk out and he is fast asleep and he always listens to podcasts to fall asleep well he had like 10 minutes to go and it fell asleep and it must have unplugged from his earphones or something and it didn't pause for some reason but it was plain and it was loud and it was the hoosier hysterics interviewing tom crean i woke up at <laughs> 2 13 in the morning to hear tom crean in my living room <laughs> i had to pinch myself am i am i having a nightmare uh, and then I had, I had to go out there and shut it off but yeah it was what, what is going on? Come on, that Brent. is how you're a champion. Yeah, that's how you don't get any sleep. It's Indiana. 
I have not listened to part two of that, but uh, if I do, I will not be listening to it in the in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right. All right. Yeah, you guys, you guys ready to hop in here? I took one out because I think we already answered it. So we'll uh, we'll hit the few that we got. Did you pull? Did you pull the ones from Twitter? Is that where you got them from? I did. Yeah, that's where I got. I got them. If there's been a few new ones, I I didn't pull those, but we should. We oh, should let me do them. a few subscriber shoutouts. Okay, I got the thing queued up. So if you have them, I will. Uh, I'll kick it to you for that. Uh, yeah. Let me. Let me. Let me just find something real quick. Okay. <clears throat> just let me know when you you got them. Before we, uh, before we do that, no, do your do your thing. I'll okay. Yeah, we can do this. All right, here we go. We've got this figured out. Hey, it's Romeo Lanford. What's the only thing better than hand a game winner to beat Wisconsin? Celebrate it with friends afterwards. Join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on assembly call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosers. I thought about voicing over Romeo that. had a big dunk the other day I, in I summer thought about, league. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I thought about voicing over that with, you know, hammering a huge dunk in the summer league, but I, I didn't do it. <laughs> uh, all right, welcome back to the Assembly Call. I'm Andy Bottoms here with Coach Brian Tonsoni and Jared Morris. And it's segment three, which means it's time for... Subscriber shout-out, subscriber shout-out. That's right. It's time to get back to some subscriber shout-outs, ladies and gentlemen. So here we go. So we do for our email list, uh, we have a little affiliate program with our email list. If you subscribe to it, if you share it with other people and they subscribe, there's a whole bunch of rewards that you get. One of those rewards is subscriber shout-outs here on episodes of The Assembly Call. And so let's roll a few, roll through a few of these. Uh, we want to shout-out Karen Moore. Karen is a member of our premium community. She's from Indianapolis. Uh, her favorite Indiana player, she says, I have always loved Mike Woodson, but now he's moved to the top of the list. So there we go. One of the one of the members of the Mike Woodson fan club there. Uh, who is her assembly call leader? <clears throat> she says, honestly, all hosts bring something different to the table and make for interesting listening. It's a great mix of personalities and perspectives. So, Karen, we appreciate that going for uh, for all of us. And then she says she loves the emergency sessions of the assembly call with all the great news. If you recall back when the uh, when the off season started, we were going nuts with the uh, with the emergency episodes, which is a lot of fun. Haven't been able to do quite as many of those lately uh, as the news has has slowed down, but we definitely enjoyed doing those when the news was hot. Uh, let's also shout out JD Feaster. JD is from Lafayette, Indiana. You will not be surprised to find out that his favorite IU player is Rob Finnessy. So, J.D., joining me in the Rob Finnessy fan club this year. Uh, for his assembly call leader, J.D. says Coach Tonsoni because basketball coaches stick together. Yes, they do. J.D. says, I've been coaching basketball for the past 12 years, everything from high school basketball to now travel AAU basketball. So, another coach in our midst. We always appreciate having the coaches here. So, J.D., thank you. Uh, and then let's also shout out Keaton Seeley from New Albany, Indiana. Hey, New Albany, Romeo Lankford connection. His favorite IU player is Victor Oladipo. His assembly call leader is Ryan for his rants and tips on being a better shooter. So we definitely want to do that now while Ryan is not here to enjoy it. Uh, and there is no special acknowledgement uh, there. But Keaton, our special acknowledgement to you is thank you. So Karen, JD, Keaton, thank you guys for being members of the assembly call community. We appreciate it. It's because of folks like you and all the other people that we've shouted out and all the people who were here live for the chat mob that we love doing this show. So thank you all. Jared, uh, JD's reached out to me in the community, and, and that's something, too, that's been really nice is people 
uh, reaching out and either direct messaging in the community or, or replying to comments and everything. That's a good part of the community. Um, so there's my plug for that. Uh, but uh, JD and I've talked a, a little bit about hoops and, and are planning on getting together and talk basketball sometime. And it's just another, another benefit for me being here in Indiana with some of our listeners in Indiana that can get together in certain spots that it, it's just a really a, a good piece of what we do. Thank you to everyone. It's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Absolutely. All right, so now let's hit the rest of the mailbag. All questions. Actually, this is it's not totally true this time. We did get a couple questions in the community. Most of these came from Twitter because, as Jared mentioned, uh, in between we're getting to the uh, to the point in the off season where the the uh, the question well is running dry. But we did get uh, get one from our friend Jay. It's not that good, but it's not that bad. It's Jay's mediocre question. So Jay on Twitter said, "With Duncan Durr and uh, as and Jay hears Anthony Leal not being able to play. Leal has not been confirmed in any way by the uh, by the IU folks. So we'll see if that's true. What's a lineup that you'd like to see get some run in the Bahamas? And by see, I obviously mean watch a two minute highlight, uh, two minute highlight clip slash read about. Uh, Coach, what what lineup do you think you want to see? Yeah, I'm going to go general. I'd like to see a, a small lineup." Um, you know, Trace Jackson at the five or race at the five and then, you know, put four wings. And that's probably a Geronimo or a cop uh, at the four. Uh, and then, you know, obviously split the, the guards up somehow. So uh, I'd like to see uh, in, in that two minutes some combination of what I would call four perimeters um, playing around one post player and see see what he does as opposed to, you know, race and TJD at the same time. I don't mind that lineup. I'm not against that lineup. But, but I want to see if we can play small. Uh, I've been a big proponent of playing small and upping the pace and shooting the three. Uh, I think that is just an interesting b- brand of basketball. And so with the two bigs being hurt uh, and not the ability to play Trace Jackson Davis at the four or Jackson Davis and Durr at the same time, um, can we counter the, that strength and power that Jared talked about with the mega team? Can we counter that with playing small and, and beat them going small? So um, – I know that probably doesn't answer his question as far as five guys, uh, but but I'd like to see in those two minute clips a, a smaller smaller lineup. Yeah, I I would say Jared, I'll throw it to you in a second. I, I'm mine's fairly similar to what Coach said. If if to me this is really I'm taking this at its word and it's the two minutes, I'd play Trace uh, Miller, Cop, Parker Stewart, Tamar Bates, and Xavier Johnson, so I can maximize the amount of time I can see the uh, the new guys, which everybody really wants to see in the in the lineup, and I think it fits the small lineup and the thoughts like that. So if I'm, I'm getting my two minutes of something, I guess I'll take two minutes of, of that group and uh, see what it looks like. Jared, what are you, what are your, what's your uh, lineup hopes here? Look, I don't know what you did for the banner moment. Cause I wasn't here to listen to it, but I hope that it was Anthony Leal's Winnie the Pooh shirt uh, that he was pictured in, in the pictures that, that Miller cop posted. Cause that was, that was just a solid clothing choice by Anthony Leal. Um, you know, I mean, I, I want to see kind of all the regular lineups play, so don't need to go there. I think it would be really intriguing, kind of along the lines of what you guys talked about, but to see all the three-point guards play at the same time. I'd like to see Xavier Johnson, Rob Finnessy, and Christian Lander play because you have so much ability to attack. Now, for that to work, I think you'd probably have to have Miller Cop at the four or maybe even go you know, Parker Stewart at the four. You mean play Super Swan. Now, that might not work against BC Mega. Um, you know, and then maybe depending on what Tracer's shot looks like, but maybe a guy like race at the five, if he can truly step out, because I think you're going to need a little more spacing with those guys. 
you know, and defensively, you know, who knows how ready Christian Lander, you know, is going to be. And so you, you, I don't, I don't know how much that lineup would work, but I think there are times offensively that that lineup could be dynamite in the open court. Um, and so I'd be, I would just be interested from a curiosity perspective uh, to see those three guys playing out there together. All right, from Bob Thompson, which IU basketball team would have the best NBA jam type duo? 93 Cheney and Henderson, which would be Bob's pick. 08 Gordon and DJ White, or 13 Zeller and Oladipo, or uh, or another one. Jared, I, I saw you ask him a clarifying question on the the time limit that we were imposing on this, so I assume that means you gave it some thought. What do you you have a uh, you have a, a lean here? I mean, it's hard to not go with Cheney Henderson from the '93 team. That's pretty awesome. Um, the only, I mean. Gosh, I mean, there's so many good options because my clarifying question was, how far back can you go? He said you can go, you know, as far back as you want to. So, I mean, you know, coach is probably over there thinking about Quinn Buckner and Scott May, uh, you know, something like that. I mean, you know, how about a little Keith Smart, Dean Garrett action? That'd be a pretty that'd be a pretty stellar two on two team Um, or, you know, NBA Jam type team. Because if it's NBA Jam, you got to have guys who can make shots. But I feel like you also want some guys who can dunk also. You know, so that like Cheney Henderson, I think they would be a great choice for like a two on two tournament. Maybe they don't quite if you want to play devil's advocate, maybe they don't quite have the style that you would want for an NBA jam. So I can see, you know, where, you know, Zeller Oladipo, those guys would be really good. How about Oladipo Christian Watford? That'd be a pretty good NBA jam duo because you've got the style, the dunking of Victor Oladipo, but then you got Watford who can step out and shoot and both guys can shoot. So that's kind of a dark horse pick. Um, and then let's see. We got Bellamy and rail Good. in the, in the chat as uh yeah, Bellamy rail would be great. I would also, I would want to put Jay Edwards with somebody um, because Jay Edwards, you know, obviously has, you know, has the shooting, but I don't know. I think I'm going to go, I think I'm going to roll with uh I'm rolling with Victor Oladipo and Christian Wofford. I think that'd be a fun NBA jam duo. Coach, what do you think? All right. Isaiah Thomas and Ray Tolbert. Yeah. That'd Guard, awesome dunking. That that would be my my NBA jam duo. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I yeah, it's hard for me to go against the 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 uh the Cheney one, but uh, yeah, as Jared said, that's not the the normal flashy uh flashy duo now you could do cheney and, and greg graham give up some size but you know yeah, uh, yeah I, I don't know could could go that route at least graham from the a dunking standpoint maybe he he checks that box isaiah ray tolver that's tough to beat right there that's pretty good that's really good uh, right, that was a good that was a good question from bob Devonte green deron davis all right. Next question. All right, moving along. Uh, so we got a couple here that are are, are kind of similar. One from uh, Fake Mike Woodson. What does IU basketball have to do this season to consider it a success? Is a tournament bid, certain place in Big Ten standings, wins against certain programs, and anti samurai? Uh, what would be considered a successful season? Beating Purdue, finishing top half of the league, competing in the Big Ten tourney. Uh, so I know we've had variations of uh, of this, but but Jared, how do you kind of? view that especially now that the big 10 is at least a you know we haven't seen iu but at least some of the rosters are a bit more set maybe than they were uh before so assessing iu spot in the in the pecking order might be a little easier uh in that, in that way if this for this season to be I, I actually think it's really easy for this season to be considered a success you got to finish in the top half of the big 10 you got to make the NCAA tournament and you got to beat purdue 
I think if you don't do, if you do all three of those things, no matter what else happens around it, I think fans will walk away from this feeling like, okay, this thing is restabilized. Like we're on, you know, maybe we didn't, you know, just go for the moon and compete for a Big Ten title and do this other stuff. But okay, Woodson's laying the foundation. We can believe in it, right? If you think back to Archie Miller's first season, I think I feel like we were probably saying the same thing. You know, like we don't want much. Just finish in the top half of the Big Ten, make the in-state tournament, and beat Purdue. You know, I, but I think the beating Purdue part is important, and that's really important. We got two cracks at them. They're obviously going to be good, but they're not. You know, I mean, it's Purdue. Like they're Purdue and they're good, but they don't have just like this high-level elite talent that makes them just unbeatable. We just need to play Indiana basketball, the kind of stuff Mike Woodson was talking about. So I think you do those three things, it's a successful season. You'll fall short on one of them. And I think people are going to walk away from the season with kind of a, an incomplete feeling, you know, just an uneasy feeling about it. If you uh, fall short on one, it would be the Purdue one because you can be competitive in the Big Ten. If you're fourth or fifth in the Big Ten and make a good run, you get a six or seven seed in the tournament. You're called on selection Sunday, but two of your losses are to a top ten Purdue team. Uh, I, I think – fans could work their way I agree with you that beating Purdue is very very important but I think if there's one of those that can give uh, I don't think it's a success if we're not very competitive in the Big Ten and we're eighth ninth uh, we're on the bubble and maybe we we don't get in and that whole worry about getting in I, I, um, I think those other two are must 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 have and I think you can accomplish those two without the without the beating Purdue, even though I do think that's important. Um, I think you're a pretty good basketball club if you finish in the top seven in the Big Ten. Uh, I would like to see Indiana at the top and, you know, and, and challenge for a championship. I think if everything goes right, they have the capabilities. It's going to have to go right in order to get in the top two or three because of the talent here in the Big Ten. But the Big Ten's a pretty strong conference, and so you could play well and just have a couple bad breaks and, and you're tied for fifth and you get the sixth seed or seventh seed in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, I, I think that – but it's style of play, guys. It's are you competitive. There were there have been times way too many times in the last four or five years where our road performances have been miserable. Uh, and, 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 you know, no one likes to lose, but a competitive loss, Indiana fans are smart enough to understand. You played good basketball. The breaks just went the other way. And usually that manifests with the win the next time out, no long losing streaks. So that style of play has to be added in as far, as as well as the destiny things, the the position in the Big Ten, your your seed in the tournament, and and your results against certain teams. Um, it, it needs to be a style of play to be successful. Uh, but uh, those are the things that that I'm looking for. Again, top half, uh, I would even say a little bit higher than that, sixth or seventh for me uh, to be successful. Acceptable would be eighth or eighth. Uh, you know, seven or eight. I guess top half is seven. My math is pretty bad, but um, yeah, I, I I agree, and I I just think heading in the right direction. If you see kids like uh, Finnessy turn around and play too, you know, Coach Woodson's doing a lot of things behind the scenes, and, and you know, you can get to some success that way too. But I, I agree with you on on two of the three, and I really want the third one bad. Um, would really make a, a solid season. Yeah, you could. You could kind of be a successful season without beating Purdue, but it would be success. But if it's going to be unequivocal yeah. success, then you you got to beat Purdue. Because if you don't beat Purdue, we're going to again, you're just going to walk away from it. And it's like, well, damn, we did this other stuff, but we still have this thing hanging over us. What would I say to you if if, if I said you could have a Sweet Sixteen, but you have to lose to Purdue twice? 
Would, would that still fit that definition? I understand 100% what you're saying, and, and I agree with you. But if you told me Indiana gets a seven seed and upsets the two seed on a, a Saturday or Sunday and gets to the Sweet 16, um, but we lost twice to Purdue, I would not be on the show saying it was a not successful year by by any means. Uh, I still think there would be a piece of the puzzle missing. That's what I mean. Uh, you know, yeah. but you'd be like, but, man, boy, this year was awesome, but damn it, we lost to Purdue again. Right. It's just it's just it's taken on extra weight because it's been so long. Okay, you let know? me throw that That's back. Thing. Let me throw that back to you guys again. What if you beat Purdue but don't make the tournament? No, no, no. That's, that's not successful. You have to do all okay. three of them. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You got to do all of them. All right. A couple uh, football questions uh, to end here. Alex Graham, what's your favorite IU tailgating locations? Uh, he said of the ones he's done, they rank uh, fourth, section nine west of the practice fields, three in the Gladstein Fieldhouse, which he did during his years with the uh, – Hoosier, uh, the Marching 100, uh, two, section 12 between uh, Assembly Hall and the Tennis Center, and one, the Grass Lot by 15th and Woodlawn. So, Coach, we've touched on this a little bit. You have uh, the, certainly the most recent experience from a, uh, a tailgating perspective, so it's a good chance, if nothing else, to remind people where you will be and your thoughts, perhaps, on why that is the uh, the place to be. Yeah. Well, I'll say this, Alex, it's just the people who make the tailgate, not necessarily the location, it, but you do want to, you know, obviously I said a grass spot, so I can understand 15th and Woodlawn, but it's where you prefer. You know, I've been parking in the in lot 10 and 11 for 25 years, so it'd be really awkward for me to pick up and go somewhere else because that's just been a, a spot where we've developed. Uh, so, you know, lot 11, uh, 10 and 11 for me is number one. Uh, I know closer to the stadium is probably a lot better too. You have a lot, you can get the sense of the people walking in and the vibe. And we're, we're a little bit far away, um, but we can see all the action through the practice field. But the, the thing about Indiana football, guys, is there's really not a bad spot of any of these lots that or, or places that he's mentioned. There is so much parking right around the stadium within a five to 10-minute walk. You go to a lot of places. We go to Iowa, and, and, and you got to park uh, at, at a mile away uh, on, on a golf course uh, and, and walk in. So – it, it's something that's a beautiful thing about Indiana football, and, and the Cincinnati game's almost a sellout. The Ohio State game is almost a sellout. Indiana football is getting back. Um, pick a lot and then walk to lot 10 and 11 and, and stop and say hello to some assembly call listeners at, at our lot. All right, and uh, who's your golf one on Twitter? I can drive from Connecticut for one football game this year. Which one should I choose? So, Jared, you're – in a in a somewhat similar boat in terms of not living close. So if you could come into town, I'm a, I'm I took this to being only home games, because uh, if you were going to come to a game, why not go to one in Bloomington? So if you were if you could only come up for one, which one would you come to? Ohio State, because it gives you the chance to be there when we end that ridiculous streak. Also, and you I mean if you're going to come into one, you got to roll the dice and be there. Imagine if you'd been there in 1987. When Indiana beat them, what was it? Forty? What was that game? Forty-eight to seven or something? Just killed them the last time we played them. Now, I'm not saying it's likely that we're going to beat Ohio State this year. It's Ohio State after all, but there's a shot. It's. I mean, we'll feel as good going into this Ohio State game as we have in a long, long time. And if that happens, you're going to want to be there. So there's some other good ones. The Cincinnati game is going to be good. There's more games that are likely for a win, but. You know, assuming everything goes well leading up to that game, the hype's going to be awesome. The tailgate's going to be fun. Who knows? You get a little bit of Michael Penix magic, knock down Ohio State, and you're there for that. Can't pass that up. That's the game you have to come for. 
Forty-one seven. That's what it was. Coach, what's your? Uh, I, I, I agree with. The, I was going to say Ohio State and Cincinnati. I think the Cincinnati game is really going to be a true test. And, and like I said, there's only like four thousand tickets left. Um, and as that game gets closer and Cincinnati gets off to a good start, they they have a really good program. I think that's going to be a good game, but nothing beats a full crowd, Ohio State. And we need more Hoosier fans in the stadium than Ohio State fans anywhere. I, I was in the stadium uh, a couple times when Indiana beat Michigan and Ohio State. Back in the day, there's nothing better than that. I will say if you're in Connecticut and you can't make it to Bloomington, the game at Penn State, it, Penn State um, is just a beautiful – uh, campus to go see and a, and a, a stadium that is that is outstanding and to see Indiana beat Penn State a couple years in a row at their home place would be a, a little bit shorter drive for you coming from Connecticut. We we've been to Penn State uh, a couple of times in, in our travels. Considering uh, maybe heading out there again when when you tailgate and can and you sit down and you have a, a nice cold beverage and you're looking at the mountains <laughs> that that's a tailgate right there. Talk about a lot. Uh, <laughs> You know, it, it's you look and there's a Beaver Stadium on one side, and you look and there's mountains uh, on the other side. There, there's that, that's simply beautiful. So those those would be my suggestions. Yeah, the home games. I think you guys hit the the two that I would have thought. I think the Ohio State and Cincinnati are kind of a step above uh, the rest of them. So, alrighty. Well, but what will... game is going to create a memory? I mean, are you going to remember no, Indiana Cincinnati twenty years from now? But you could remember Indiana Ohio State. Let's go to the Ohio State game. There you go. All right. Andy's from Cincinnati. He's biased. All right. I'm not from Cincinnati. I live in Cincinnati. Anyway. All right. That'll do it for this week's episode of the Assembly Call. If you want to see us do the show live, join us at assemblycall.com on Thursday nights for the live broadcast for Assembly Call radio recording. Special thanks to Bob Thompson for producing a lot of the music that you hear on the show. And thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again next week or sooner if any news breaks. So until then. Take it from me, Christian Wofford. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. Go Hoosiers. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. I like everything about that. All right. Appreciate it, everyone. Thanks for uh, thanks Nice. For thanks for hosting, us. fellas. Anytime. Anytime. Well, I say anytime, but not next week because I won't be on next week. But it's neither here nor there. I think <laughs> either Coach Adrania, Coach Adrania is going to join us next week. All right, very good, cool. That'd be fun. Any awesome. of you been to a Dave Matthews concert? Yes, like Dave yeah. Matthews. Yeah, I'm I mad. I, have... I kind of stopped listening to him a while ago, but I used to like him a lot. Yeah, no, I've not been. He- stuff. Heading Saturday for the first time. Nice. That was weird. I thought you were. Just I, saw him at, I think I saw him at Deer Creek. Yeah, that's, that's where I'm going to see Creek. him. I don't know what yeah. it is now, but Ruol It'll always be Deer Creek to me. Damn it. Yep. Mm-hmm. That to, and uh, Zach Brown are on my list coming up. Hey, we saw Zach Brown. That was my yeah. daughter's first concert. Yeah, it's a good show. Yeah, have seen but, Zach Brown, man. That's a that's a good one. No, that was funny was the way show. you went into that, Coach. I felt like it was the scene in Airplane where they just started asking random questions. <laughs> you guys ever been to a Dave Matthews concert? <laughs> Do you like Gladiator movies? <laughs> I'm not going to the next one. <laughs> no, we're, we're leaving that. We're yeah, leaving you're not going to You're not gonna take the next one? Huh. Oh, all right. No. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, I got to. I was the. Uh... <laughs> go ahead. No, you go ahead. I'm no, done. you go ahead. I'm 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 just glad to have Jared back. You know, a sense of reason. You know, having Ryan on the show and me. You know, it's just a good natural reason.
Time has proven me right on virtually nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Uh, All right. Well, I got to wrap up, fellas. All right. We'll see uh, you. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. uh, And we will uh, talk next week. See you. Later. You're the kind of person who makes a difference at work. So why not work on something that makes a difference? At Zooks, we're looking for collaborative, inquisitive people who can help us achieve our mission. Safer, cleaner, more enjoyable mobility for everyone. Come build the future at Zooks. Find out more at zoox.com slash careers.